Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Today, we're speaking to Michael Ivanchenko, Ivanchenko, who's the CEO of CV Check. Um, so, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here, Jonathan. Dive straight in if we can. What sure. do you do? So, I'm the CEO of CV Check. We are a know your people reg tech uh, company, helping organizations to make sure that they have the right people in the right roles with their skills, credentials, training, whatever it may be, at the right location for the right task at the right time, organisations have confidence that those people have the skills and qualifications for those roles, which frees them up to focus on their business. Okay. So tell me a bit more how you do that. So we have a uh, technology platform that not only allows people to validate their credentials, but for me, more importantly, has the uh, the smarts and the intelligence to match those requirements with the particular role and the particular nuances for an organisation or an industry uh, that may have uh, for different businesses. So traditionally, as those requirements have built up over time, you get a lot of pre-employment and uh, screening. A lot of that gets into a spreadsheet. It's never looked at again. And if there's ever an incident or an update or a requirement, you scramble and go through the whole process again. Our platform is actually a live, uh, real-time platform. So it actually constantly monitors those requirements the and the credentials, their validity, or if they need to be updated or changed, manages all of that process and actually then provides the insights and the reporting around it. You mentioned as um, team members' roles change. Did I pick that up then? So the how roles and the requirements change. I mean, a, a, a simple example may be uh, a new updated training or procedural factor comes into play and it is expected not only do you have the change management of rolling that out, but you need to know that the people then with that task have actually completed that update. And right. what point, etc. Okay, so you've been with the company for about a year, is it? Yeah, coming up just past nine months. So, it's, yeah, uh, uh, I've got to say, it's flown though. It, it feels like one or two months. An interesting time to start. It start, mm. started with the business in the middle of COVID. How long has the company been going? The company was actually founded off the top of my head, circa uh, about two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Uh, originally, CV Check was a uh, providing an interface to police checks, but then actually was Australia's first provider of digital police checks and the ability to actually do that online and has grown uh, subsequently from there. We recently acquired another company called Bright People Technologies, which uh, also have some very strong uh, technology around the real-time compliance monitoring. They grew out of the mining and industrials sector, which, as you can imagine, the complexity around all of compliance required at all of those sites. 
and now we also operate uh, in New Zealand, along with providing services through uh, the UK and Europe. Well, so do you have is your team a, a global team? Spread. It is spread. We're headquartered in in Perth with the majority of our development, but we actually have people uh, around Australia, also in New Zealand, and then we have agents overseas. Okay. And so how would you describe your you know, your core customer, your, your, the best customer? Look, our, our core customers are the ones that actually uh, understand or uh, are well aware of the way not managing compliance within their organisation can impede their ability to operate. So they're a, lot, a large number of our, or our largest customers are actually in the mining and industrial uh, sectors and they well and truly know what happens when there's an incidence because of a failure of, of compliance and requirements. So working with organisations like that, that truly understand the importance, understand the detail, but also being so entrepreneurial, they understand the benefits that if you get it right, you digitise it, you take away uh, the overhead, they truly understand the benefits they can achieve. And is there a, a lowering um, size customer number of staff with uh, that jump in, do you think? It's, well, it's really interesting, right? So the um, within our sector in RegTech, it is truly a so scale. RegTech. RegTech. Regulatory. Oh, regulatory. Reg, sorry, okay. Uh, is the... The impact is correlational to the size of your business, but nevertheless, just as real at the smaller end. So, the uh, you know, an example at, at the small end, we have customers of uh, five, uh, ten people. But if those people are going on site and they still have to have their uh, public liability insurance and all of the other things, current, et cetera, and what that may be, the impacts to those customers are still severe and relatively just as catastrophic as for the larger organisations. I mean, in some ways, arguing also. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, agree. So um, I'm assuming you're you're working from moment mode. So all of the, the, the actions you've taken because of the, the pandemic, what have you continued in, into the business? So uh, the working from home cadence is a big one. Um, you know, I'm here at the moment splitting my time between uh, Sydney and Perth, but that in itself is a, you know, a good example of the evolution of, of the way the workplace has gone. Being in the sector we are, we, and, you know, we're appropriately um, privacy certified, 27,001, et cetera, and all of the requirements around that. And privacy is something we obviously take extremely seriously yet we've still managed within those constructs because of COVID that we will carry through to provide a high degree of work-life balance for all of our staff and their ability uh, to focus on getting the task done. We're not as interested in standing over their shoulder to make sure they're doing that task in the office. And that empowerment of people, that trust level, that understanding with appropriate you know, safeguards, as I say, around the things we need to do, uh, has mean we've actually seen an increase in not only productivity but innovation and approach. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you have a, you know, is it, are you having the team in for a number of days a week or a number of days a month? How, how are you managing that? So we did a, a 3-2 split. Mm -hmm. It's not, and it's not fixed. So it's not that, you know, you work in the office three days, you at home uh, two days. That is the optionality we provide. A lot of people actually prefer to come in five days. 
Others? I mean, it's, it's interesting you say that. I've recently hired a new practice manager and she's choosing to come um, to our office rather than work remotely, which is um, hmm. surprised me, to be honest. But, you know, well, but likewise, right? And we have others that very much uh, really value their time from home and you know, their feedback when we talk to them about it is that ability to have a lack of disruption or whatever and they just mm. focus on what they need to do. They yeah. finish earlier, they're saving on the commute times mm. and or alternatively, you know, the, the flexibility around uh, some of our staff with younger families and the things that they need to do to balance uh, what they need to do. And after all, those are the most important things in life. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I am. Um, uh, I'm based in in Barrow, uh, which is now in half southwest of Sydney, and um, I've my home is next door. I've converted investment uh, property into my office, um, you know, coaching facilities and everything. And mm. so my commute is literally across the fence, literally across the fence. And um, it's just been it's COVID has forced this change, and it's mm. been a real, been so positive for the family. Yeah, like and the um the other the other effect and something that we've carried through is we've recently gone through an exercise of uh, reevaluating or restating our company values, our positions, our you know our raison d'être, and the it that was a really interesting exercise because it was bottom up. We interviewed all the staff to get their feedback of what was important to them. It came out loud and clear there was a real strong commonality about purpose and drive and the um, uh, collegiate-type attitudes that they all wanted to see. And so that drove all of our stated values in the organisations. You know, our strength comes from everybody's individuality. Uh, deliver the good, strive for the great. Uh, you know, And a framework combined with this attitude of we recognise the importance of, of flexibility, that giving people a real sense of I know why I work at this organisation, how I'm contributing, how I move the needle. You know, I'm proud to tell people at the barbecue conversation what I do and where I work. Yeah. It well exceeds any other remuneration or other benefit you'd, you'd pursue from the company. Yeah, no, I agree totally. Mm. So what's the future look like and what do you see as the main challenges going forward? So the the future looks like, so we've very much of the view that holding back a digital economy or a, you know, a borderless growth of in transactions, the certainty around digital economy is still a very big Issue the the amount of scams that go on the you know that all of these things you hear about people having their payment details substituted within the comms line and payments never arrive etc. That for us is all in the challenge across the digital industry and also the opportunity to actually generate that certainty and that trust. So we have the know your customer initiatives, but the you know which for us then extends with the know your people. The when somebody actually presents themselves online in a uh, economic or a commercial transaction viewpoint, that certainty is essential if it's truly going to grow and benefit everyone. You know, we're getting the 
a dichotomy building at the moment for those that can afford the technology or the resources and push through are advancing well in beyond or faster than a lot of others. So the ability to provide this type of technology and certainty to a wider audience that uh, make it generally accessible, we think is where the future is in the key. The challenge is uh, the sheer magnitude of that task and the reality. You know, there's the competing interests, the, the entrenched interests, the, the ever-increasing complexity of requirements and uh, legislation and overheads that are forever occurring. So, you know, the, probably the biggest risk is you can, ever, you can end up just constantly trying to catch up to the car instead of actually getting in and driving it. Exactly right. Exactly right. So what's the biggest learning you're, um, you've had since becoming a, a CEO, do you think? So, yeah, in, in this organisation, it's one of the, the first times where I've truly um, dealt with a situation that the company has gone through tremendous growth and change, et cetera, but there are still people there who were there from day one. Mm. And... You know, so the, the scale-up challenge is how do you actually not lose the magic of why the company is successful, but we have to make it scalable and replicable and, you know, non-individual people dependent of, you know, the, so-and-so has always done that and they know how that works and the nuance and that. Uh, building the or driving and being really conscious about driving the culture that, uh, encourages information share and upskilling and uh, just that true collaborative nature that we all succeed and benefit together as we all grow together is a challenge I think every company has. But when you're starting in a company with a large number of very long-term uh, people and, and founding people, it's equally, you know, it's very challenging for them to be you know, how do I still feel that I'm as important as I always have been yeah. when we're going through these growth curves? And it's interesting, you know, um, you know, restating your values and purpose is a, is a, is a and as you said, from ground up, is a great way of, of um, you know, collecting the war stories, collecting the the, the history of the, of the organisation and getting them fairly involved. Uh, very much, and that was pretty much the intent. It was the, uh, you know... <clears throat> Bigger does not necessarily mean fundamentally different. Yeah. You know, and that uh, recognising, celebrating that uh, intrinsic reason that it's achieved what it has so successfully over the years is, is a critical piece. I think your point about celebration is a big one. So many companies and so many CEOs forget to celebrate their wins. Um, oh, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, when you think about the word, word the word successful, who's the first person that springs to mind? Wow, the I, I actually really struggle um, with picking out an individual because I'm I'm driven. The thing that excites me, the thing that I actually get a lot of self satisfaction out, is when I see collective success. You know, there's it's one thing to see one person smile. Uh, it is intoxicating when a room full of people are smiling. And so what I, when I think of success, I like to think of uh, successful outcomes or achievements or, you know, when you see um, something being achieved that is 
accepted, regarded as the greater good and for benefit of many, that's success for me. Great answer. That's been the most interesting question of all of them. Um, mm. With the interviews I'm doing with the, with the, with the different, different CEOs, it's just been um, there's no you know um, there's no trend there at all. It's it's um, it's, it's really, really interesting. So, once again, another very good, good answer. So thank you. Um, top three business books, podcasts, business blogs, biographies that you'd recommend. If any. Yeah, look, Jonathan, I wish off the top of my head I could say these are the three that I've been indulging in and right through uh, heavily and I can't. The, and, I, I, look, I'd have to say with when I get the opportunity, if it was time I could sit there, do something by myself and, and listen to something, uh, my choice is to turn everything off. I prefer to take those opportunities to clear my mind, get away from uh, the business side or the focus on that. I'll, I'll spend time with the family. We'll go and do something outside. I'm very big on encouraging my daughter's failing, but encouraging to move away from just a digital existence. So, no, at the moment I'm going to uh, fail at that question dismally. You know, essentially we talked about that before um, before we started and I've just, as I mentioned to you, I've come back from 10 days in Fiji with my family and I actually managed to except for one day when I when I actually sort of sat down and, and restated the vision for the business, um, I turned everything off. And it's the first mm. time, I think, ever. Yeah. And it's extraordinary how, um, how relaxed I felt when I came home. And, um, you know, one of the things I coach uh, for the CEOs is um, something that comes from a, one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan, out of, out of the US, is a concept of um, focus days, um, mm. buffer days and free days. And as a CEO and as an entrepreneur, you know, setting yourself targets to have three days where you literally are not working your business, so you can actually refresh. Yes, um, it's um, we become very stale very quickly. The the other one that I'm you know been I'm going to say fortunate enough to realise, but although I'm still not very good at it, mm-hmm. is even if you uh, are still driving and. Um, you know, focused on the achievement of the business and what needs to be done, the quality of what you do diminishes exponentially the longer you do it. Yeah. You know, and the uh, under pressure, having done it before, you find yourself going back to what you've done before. So the ability to be fresh, come up with something new, just notice new things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I congratulate you because it's it's so rare that we that, that I'm meeting CEOs that are actually really focus on taking time out because it's so important. Yeah. Any last piece of advice or parting words? Aspiring CEOs or CEOs at different stages of their growth journey? Look, the uh it's it's probably the the lesson I learned um long ago from far better. Uh, CEOs than I, and I've tried to emulate some of their um, their traits. And you know, it is about trusting your instincts, but always with ears and eyes open of absorbing the inherent knowledge and skills around you, and looking for every opportunity to lift that up. And they're the things that unleash potential in the organisation. It is never, 
the uh, the CEO being the smartest person in the room. That would be great. Michael, thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Really enjoyed the chat. Thank you. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.